You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. We are the Elsers. And welcome to a special edition of the Else Nerds, a production of Galactic Network. I'm Gregor Sprague, and joining me is Corey Scott and Beatmaster, because Beatmaster's on camera as well. But they're the regulars. They are, you know, the people that I'm here. I talk to all the time. We have three. <laughs> Love you guys. too. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and that's the start of the end of the Else Nerds. Yeah, uh, I but sense we have some tension. <laughs> They're, they're the regulars here. We've got three special guests, which is what I was trying to get to. Um, we have Peter Fisher, uh, Jackie Hearn, and Brad Ludwig from all over the internet. Um, and we are going to talk about Avengers Infinity War. And real quick, just as a warning on Elsners, we will shoot our mouths off without thinking. So we will both spoil things and swear liberally. Those things being Avengers Infinity War. So you have been warned, motherfucker. Son of a... Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Shiza. Oh, mother. <laughs> so, what's everyone's favorite swear? That was that was a that was a reference to the very uh, the the closing edit credit um, that where uh, Samuel L. Jackson goes mother. Since Jackie started out with it, <laughs> let's work backwards. Oh. The after credit scene oh. of Avengers, we get. Fury, uh, and we get Maria Hill. Fury does the the mother and disappears. Wasn't that essentially the stinger for Spider-Man? Aunt May catching Peter in the costume and screaming mother and, and it cutting off. No, no, oh. she, no. See, it's, it's, so it, you're close. It's a little different because it's that's the scene that's after. It's the mid credit scene that's after the uh, um, after the motion credits. And she goes. She doesn't say that. She goes. What the? F-? And they cut okay. it there. But you're cl- you're close. Yeah, it's you know both of them hit their points for what they were. You know, with the Spider-Man one, it was funny. With this one, it's like, yay, Sam Jackson. <laughs> Sam Jackson being Sam Jackson. Yes. Wow. Now go the fuck to bed. Yeah. Yeah. I would have. I would have rather it was Fury disappears and then Maria Hill says it. Uh, just because yeah. Kobe Smulders would be awesome at that. But hey, we are talking about the movie. Let's let's back up a little bit. Let's backtrack. Uh, Gregor, you had said that you wanted to start yeah. out. So I wanted to start because we have quite a lot of people here. And I've already talked about my feelings on the movie. Um, go back to insert name of Elsner's episode here because I don't remember which one it was um, where we talked about it. Um, you know, it was the literally the right after I watched the movie, and so I want to get because we have very interesting perspectives here. You know, Jackie's you know new to the comic book movies. We all have well, various, the, the Marvel, you know, well, okay, yeah. the Marvel movies. Yes, true. <laughs> um, we all have varying loves for the movie and all that stuff. I don't know why I'm doing this dance, but uh, Jackie, since. You, we started this with you, really, with Black Panther. What? Now available on, on 4K Blu-ray. Uh, there's my Tom Merritt moment. <laughs> um, 
So, Jackie, please give me your thoughts on Avengers Infinity War. See, you're only calling on me because I told you that I have all these uh, index cards that, like, I'm, I'm doing a, you know... No, no, I'm calling on you because I'm a gentleman and ladies first. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Christ, Christ on a cracker. Um, yeah, no, I was actually trying to tweet out uh, everything while we're going live, but... Um, yeah, okay, so overall, overall, when I, when I watched it uh, in the theater, like, the Monday... 9 a.m. matinee because that's how I do it. I can't I can't be around with huge crowds. I have to go to the matinee. I gotta go early. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I loved it. But I also like tweeted out, hey, could somebody please water my plants and put some food out for my cat? Because it's it's two and a half hours. Um, <laughs> and I I but but I mean but honestly there was never a dull moment. There was there was never a moment where I felt like uh it was wasted. Um and that and that's really hard for me because I have gone to movies and I walk out because I'm a I'm a, a projectionist, like by or originally a projectionist by trade, I'm a certified projection projectionist. So like I, I have had to sit through and screen a bunch of movies and with this like there was never a moment I felt like I I need a break. And and for me that's hard. That's really hard. Like I got up like 15 times during Justice League. And I love DC. Um but like it was hard for me. Uh well, I got up because I thought there was problems with the production of of the of the screening. I thought the um uh the screen was there was no masking. Uh, in in the particular theater I was in, so I I went out and I said, "Could you please put the masking on?" Like I can't. Like I know nobody else knows why they hate this movie, and I think that a lot of people hated uh, Justice League because of the um the, the 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 aspect ratio was set up for IMAX, even though it wasn't shot on IMAX lens. Uh, but anyways, bottom line, I really enjoyed the show, the, the movie. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, and sorry, I went. Ju well, ju just, just, yeah, and just to re refresh our memory, you cards. really, yeah, you, you really came in to the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Black Panther, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, it was Black Panther. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm, a, I'm also a historian. You know, I got my master's degree in history and all that crap. And, uh, I, I, you know, I was a, so when I first heard there was a Black Panther film, I thought, oh, oh, awesome. They're going to make another Black Panther film, you know, like the one they did like 10 to 15 years ago on the Black Panthers. Um, <laughs> and, and also I will shout out that like, I recognize some, uh, comparisons like, uh, T'Challa's throne is a, is a, is kind of a wicker throne. Just like the wicker thrones that kind of are chairs that a lot of the Black Panthers, like Huey Newton uh, and uh, others, um, used when when they took photo ops, you know, back in the day for uh, Black Panthers. But uh, there was so much about Black Pan Black Panther I loved outside of that, uh, of course. But um, I mean, it was it was the first it was the first film in my lifetime I've ever seen that had so many very unique 
female character roles that we've never seen before. We've never seen like more than at least one unique role for a black woman or, or a white woman or any woman in general. And, and, and so Black Panther to me in that regard, and then also the, the fact that um, the, the villain, a killmonger, was somebody that we, it was right. He was right. He was right all along. And and not only did we love him, there was the 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 hero loved him, T'Challa. So like there were so many things about Black Panther I loved. And honestly, I uh, I didn't quite think about this when I first watched Avengers: uh, Infinity War, but I realized that what I really liked about it was that uh, I kind of like the dark ending of this film. And um, but I'm gonna stop right there because I know you guys have a buttload of stuff to say before them. Yeah. Uh, so, Peter, let's go with you. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the movie? Like, just overall right now, then we're, we'll, we'll dive down deeper. And, and did you have a, an ex- extensive uh, exposure to the Marvel Cinematic Universe going in? Yes. Yes. From, from all the way back to Blade. Uh, <laughs> and and actually, all the way back to like the nineteen seventies, see see through shield on the front yep. of the motorcycle, Captain America, and mm-hmm. and the my dream was to have a a van that could shoot a motorcycle at the back. That was all I wanted to be Damn as a kid. Right. Oh snap! <laughs> yeah. Uh, it it was it was good. Uh. F- maybe just behind black panther and in, in like number 2 or number 3 and of all the marvel well actually i would put thor ragnarok then black panther then then infinity war and well he, spoiler most of the people die and spoiler, <laughs> most of them were on set during the filming of part two. So as, as in true comic book fashion, dead ain't dead. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think the, the, the Spider-Man on uh, Titan was probably the, the most emotional part of the movie uh, at the end. I'll let someone else spoil what happened to Spider-Man there, but uh, yeah, and and I've I've heard it said that this isn't actually a movie about the heroes. It's it's a story of Thanos, mm-hmm. and because like most Marvel movies are, here are the heroes. You follow the heroes through the whole story, whereas this is like sort of like game of thrones in the book form where like you'll, you'll have a chapter and the chapters for jamie and the next chapter will be for for john snow and the next chapter will be this but the the thing that goes through the whole all of it is you start off with the guardians actually no you start off with the uh the refugee ship from asgard and it's Thor and Loki and the Hulk and there's Thanos. So there's a big fight to go away. And then 
you get to get to New York and Thanos's children are there to get the the uh I have Agamat Agamato from thing and then you go someplace else. But it it's sort of like uh like a metaphor, it's like a necklace where all the hero stories are beads on it, but but Thanos is the through line through the whole thing. Mm. So uh Brad, what was your thought on the movie? And Brad, we should we should let the audience know if they're not familiar with you. Uh Brad and I are are the the old comic book people. In fact, we we could probably do a show called This Old Comic where we just wander <laughs> through and and like refit staples and old comic books and and put in new plumbing and shit. Uh but that'll take away and, the value of it. <laughs> yeah. As the other comic reader who screams at clouds with me, Brad, uh <laughs> tell us your impersonation uh not your impersonation, your impression of uh of Avengers Infinity War. But please do it in your old-timey voice. <laughs> well, can you make it while like reconstructing a building or a house or like a like a re, re, adding a new door jam like the, the <laughs> so yeah. you want him to do it like norm from this old make, house make yeah. my chest chest of drawers <laughs> uh so i liked it and the ending Kind of the through line, I think, with all of the MCU films is it's a happy ending. You know, mm-hmm. everybody goes, you know, through the, the 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 meat grinder, they get stuff done, and in the end, they save the day. And this was not that movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that with a lot of the backlash that I've seen is people are like, Oh, that ending was just crap. And it's like, Oh, I don't know if we saw the same film. (laughs) Um, There's, there's so much going on in in the film. I loved it. I'll just, we'll just go there. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was good. It was, it was the film that I think we needed to have. I think that, a lot of people got uh, all the FaceTime that they got, I think was pretty even across the board for what needed to happen in that first part. I don't feel like anybody really got left out too much. If at all, everybody had an important part to play um, that showed up. So I think it was. I think it was a good movie, and I'm really looking forward to the second part. Now, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that I think that Marvel has done movies that have been able to finish in a dark place. If you look at Civil War, uh, if you look at Avengers: uh, Age of Ultron. They 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 kind of end in down notes, but then they do lift you up at the end that you you're left with a sense of hope. It's like they they made it, they survived. The, we don't know what's next, but we still have like our heroes to to look forward to still fighting in their own way. This was where is the hope? That I I think that it's different than even uh, Empire Strikes Back. Because Empire Strikes Back, yeah, we know Han gets taken off 
uh, and Carbonite and everything. And, and we're like, oh, shit, you know, what's going to happen next? But we still have Luke get rescued by Leia and the rest of the crew. And we see them going off to find Han. And, and we know that there's something coming up. We know there's something coming up here. But this really is like dark in the end. And, and dark to the point where you just see people disappearing. Uh, but it it's a very different film because, as as Peter was saying, it's Thanos' movie. And the reason that you can have it be Thanos' movie is because every other character has had their stories told going into it. We've had 10 years of these other films building a, a Stark story and Roger's story and... Natasha's story and everybody else's so that when we come in, we feel very comfortable with them. We feel comfortable with Shuri. We feel comfortable with the the people from Wakanda. And for those moments that we see them on the screen, it's like, I know these people. I love these characters. And it makes seeing them suffer that much harder, uh, seeing them lose that much more painful. And and those moments when you when you like we just got our Black Panther movie right before this, and now we lose Black Panther <laughs> of all people. Um, but I was I was sort of grateful that it was him over the female characters from his movie uh, because that means there's potential to see them in the next film, maybe. But it's it's so interesting to me that this is something that could only be done by the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point. Mm-hmm because of everything that they've established. Nothing else has accomplished this level of filmmaking, I think. TV hasn't really been able to do this. It's not like there's six other shows that all come together into one big giant miniseries, except for a Marvel show, uh, which unfortunately didn't work out really great, but still it was something of, of like, oh yeah, here's your Defenders show after we've established the four characters in their own shows. This was just gigantic and such an accomplishment and to to feel that emotional pull at the end of it is is a big statement as to how much work they put into it to make that pay off. Yeah. Yep. Corey, you got anything else you want to add to your review of Infinity War or should I go to Beatmaster? Go go to Beat. Go to Beat. Beat. Give me a review. This is a rare on-camera appearance for you. Hey, Beat. <laughs> <laughs> um so people people may not realize that beat is producing four other shows in the background while he's doing this one yeah yeah oh, exactly I'm aware. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of a lot of things he's amazing master of beats no 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 i was the whole guy he's he's a master beater oh, no. never heard that one before <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it was low hanging fruit. I had to take the joke. No, um, he's just saying that it's an else nerd's joke. So of course nobody's ever heard it before. <laughs> Not at all. So, <laughs> well, Corey's right with the culmination of all things that came before, but you guys remember, most of you, how Avengers, the first one, was mm-hmm. like, you can't top that. You can't possibly bring all the characters into play with their own movies and then bring together the team and get that feeling of their 360 so in the battle scene where they came together as the team if we're, we're thinking that's the hate of everything possible and the second adventures showed us yeah it it's hard to replicate that along comes infinity war and was like 
that's uncharted territory. That was beyond comprehension. It goes that far that I can't even make a list like Peter did because I can't say where it lies because it's something outside of it. It's something like an event comic we had that before you can't say I like this uh, run of this person and uh, author, author and of that character. It's it's a crisis on infinite or for something of that scope. Yeah, it would take George Perez to draw this. <laughs> yes, and uh, and it just amazing what they p pulled off with the amount of characters, with uh, the antagonist being some well thought out co complex character. You can overstate it, but he was by far the m most drawn out character they had well killmonger was quite there as well but Thanos was always present in a certain degree and uh, always in the background laughing his arse off in the end credits or stuff like that and then he comes in and draws all the attention and never loses me it was like how is that possible that a purple california racing <laughs> guy <laughs> has so much uh, depth and also what they did with his relationship with the other characters his st statements if you agree or not was something profound that you could think about with other people argue about from a comic book movie so just amazed about what what happened there and uh, as you said, every character got its place. Even Mantis was there and had her part. Small things. You bring in a Dinklage and make him a, a giant dwarf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so other movies try to make jokes, <coughs> try they, and uh, they never uh, go go there or they aren't uh, they're off character, but they're the humor is in the situation, not just what they say, just I'm Groot, I'm, Cap <laughs> I'm Captain America, uh, things like that. People can relate to these characters before they come in, and then the interaction between them gives you so much more. It's just, holy shit, what what <laughs> a time to be in, and what the fuck DC, but we're not going there yet. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I I don't think it's fair to compare DC and and what they've they've had the time to do, whatever choices they've made. We're, we are talking about ten years of films to get to this, and DC has not had that and has not put out the the number of films had the the successes. Sure, but this is an accomplishment that it took time, it took planning, it took the right people being in place. It took a lot of, of world building and character building to, to accomplish but, this. But the thing is, they did it with characters, Marvel, that you, I um, was not that much into Captain America at all. Iron Man, who, who cares? I'm just uh, honest, honest, before it came out and everything, it was just like, okay. And every time they showed how they can give them more than just on the page. And that's some for some people is an issue what they change. But 
the MCU is now its own thing. It's not just an adaptation. It has its own spirit. It has its own flavor and everything. So that many people, if when you have a conversation about comic book characters that you can do now in mainstream, think about that alone, that you have people relating to these characters, not in the way you do, Corey or Brad did, decades before, centuries, uh, or greater, <laughs> but that you can relate on a, on a level that is as genuine as yours. So it's a win-win for everybody involved. And uh, that's the thing that the other company we won't mention uh, wasn't able to. They had characters that had, they were very profound, to, to, iconoclastic, and they just went so, against what the characters stood for. So. Marvel did something, they changed it around, but in a way that they made it work for the movies, first and foremost, not to yeah. just sell toys. And then they went all the direction uh, lately with uh, for Ragnarok and uh, Black Panther. So they amped up the quality of the storytelling itself. It's no... For, I love the first four, but it was something else <laughs> compared to more midi movies later but still it it had something and that's it's just a big appre appreciation of what all people involved did the actors the what kevin feige did as uh, the head of the whole thing <laughs> and even a bob Iger that had the vision to say okay people do that get perlmutter out of here he is an annoyance <laughs> get back to the creative team that, from Marvel itself that was in a way also of the storytellers and let them do their thing. And all this isn't normal for Hollywood, as I understand it from what I read, from what I hear and other things. So I'm not sure if you're ever going to get to a point that can replicate that. Then end it's... it on a note that you just say more, please. Yeah. After 10 it's... years. So it's it's interesting to hit back on the comparisons it's hard for any comic book any shared universe comic book publisher who is wanting to break into movies tv shows you know something besides comics to do that and then say they're going to do a connected universe and then everyone go Oh, so you're going to do a Marvel thing and just, you know, just start talking really, really fast about all the products from the die their diehard fans. You know, whether it be, you know, DC Comics, Valiant Entertainment, Archie Comics, whoever. You know, the that, Transformers shared universe that they're yeah. trying to pull off with uh, Micronauts with, and G.I. Joe, the Universal Monster universe that they tried to do <laughs> with the Mummy and Dracula. It that's that's exactly the point is that people are coming in and expecting to achieve these kinds of results without having the the wherewithal to develop the plan and put the right people in place they mm -hmm. may think that they're putting the right people in place but they also might just think hey this person's bankable we're going to throw them in this marvel developed actors that a lot of which we didn't know before being in this universe or we didn't know well and we didn't know what they were capable of or you know, we knew knew enough about, but they had lots of problems. So having yeah. Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man was a big, big uh, 
gamble for them because they yeah. didn't know whether he'd relapse <laughs> or not. Yeah, because he fucking woke up in some next door neighbor's kid a crib. Can you, can you imagine that happening today? Like uh, Kevin Spacey waking up in a in a random kid's next door next door neighbor kid's uh, crib. You know, and and and, and, and now Robert Downey Jr. surpassed that. He's he's okay. He's all right. He's good. He's good in Hollywood. You they know? don't even have all their toys in the toolbox. The X-Men aren't there. <laughs> right. Which is a huge part of Marvel. So <laughs> even more props to Kevin Feige and all people involved. And we're not going to say they're all saints. There were the thing with Patty Jenkins and 4-2 that didn't work out. With uh, Ant-Man. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Things happen. But mm-hmm. the, the movies rarely had an issue because of it. Unlike other but, productions. On not comics, just in, the, in general, just what Marvel, what Marvel pulled off. It's not just for comic book adaptations. Great. Tell me another franchise ever accomplishing something like the, the MCU did. I, I think where DC had their problem is they saw Zack Snyder as their Kevin Feige, which I, I've often compared... Zack Snyder to uh, South Park's Cartman's uh, Revenge Revenge <laughs> Company, where where I I I know we're going live, so I'm not going to say what he does, but everything he does to get revenge is the exact same thing, which is what Zack Snyder seems to do. Every movie is like a remake of Watchmen or Three Hundred. Because, like, you have Man of Steel. Superman is basically a sun god, and you make him dark and moody. Like, when he's Clark Kent, I could see it. But when Superman comes out, it's like, yeah, I guess that's him. It's somewhere in the corner there in the shadow. But he's a sun god. Have have him be be glowing every time he's on, but... No, that's the thing that I'm not a uh, Snyder hater. I defended him various times in chat and elsewhere here. And uh, he's just a visionary director in various things, but he brought his personal philosophical uh, ideas into it, which clashed with the character's yeah. uh, MO and it didn't help that David Goyer was there too and didn't get pushed back by a better director which on the movies like Nolan put him in his place and it worked out well but i think yeah. it 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 seemed like Christopher Nolan was the what Warner Brothers was really pushing to be the lead on the new DC universe after what he had done in the the Batman universe and Christopher Nolan kind of stepped back from everything but we've we've had characters like this around for 75 years plus and so there's been a lot of different interpretations of superman and zack snyder coming in and having an interpretation of what he felt was the right one i don't think that's that's necessarily a bad thing i just think that obviously audience reaction was different but this isn't the dc review i mean we we can't help but compare them in some ways but it's it's this is what marvel accomplished as marvel um 
and there's just nobody that can stand up to this. The seven, seven or eight Harry Potter movies is probably the closest by having something where there was planning from the beginning, where you had actors going the whole way through, you know, other than some unfortunate losses along the way. And to see that project, the amount of years and the amount of growth of the kids and seeing them grow from being young actors with not a lot of experience to being very skilled actors and seeing what they get to do after and stuff is, is incredible. And that is probably the one thing I can point at and say, that's kind of the, oh yeah, we would like to do something like that. We would like to have a plan. But I think Marvel, even that, we can't give them that as a, a starting point because their starting point was let's make a really good Iron Man movie and let's let's give the the open door to what else we could do if we can extend this but it was still a lot of chances and a lot of of hope yeah and that okay a couple of things for dc i'm going to go with this studios in comics have a house style so if you work for like at the time when jim lee was working for image. If you worked on a Jim Lee book, you drew kind of like Jim Lee. If you work for Todd McFarlane, you drew kind of like Todd McFarlane. So it stands to reason that tonally speaking, Marvel had created a brighter sort of look to everything. You had success with Chris Nolan with the dark Knight movies. And I have a feeling that they went you know, let's let's do a Superman movie, but like Dark Knight. And I think that they were looking to create a overarching tone, a house style, as it were, for their stuff. And it totally blew up in their faces. So that's what I wanted to say, at least about about DC. So Yeah. I would I would say though that because Marvel definitely did something different here. With the you know, you know they they had the house you know the house style like you pointed out Brad, but the things that we're comparing it to that like that happened before were not self-contained movies where you may have need to have needed to have seen one movie or you know a a couple you know like three or four movies or something to get it other otherwise you're completely lost like every other movie that has had. You know, that has developed into a franchise, I'll, you know, be it Star Wars or Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or even Indiana Jones, where it's one of those things that, you know, if it has a sequel, then you need to have seen the first one in order to see, to understand what's going on in the second one, for the most part. With this, it's one of those, like, up to the first couple, you know, after, you know, for the first couple of weeks when everyone's like, so what did you think of Infinity War? And I'm like, it's good, and I, I told told him these spoiler free stuff that I that I could of. You need to see Thor Ragnarok because it takes place right after Thor Ragnarok. If you haven't seen Black Panther, that's okay. They explain enough of it in the movie, yep. So you're not lost, and all that. You know, still go see Black Panther because it is freaking awesome. Oh, it's amazing! That's but the only reason I'm here right now. <laughs> Um, but it's, you know, it's one of those things where here, this is where, this is one of the first things that, I mean, with everyone with like, like, where, like you pointed out with, um, like even how Star Wars is trying to do 
a, an extended shared universe thing and mm. but that but that's now become a morphing of the movie industry as a whole yeah. having yeah. having a continual extended bankable ip um, yeah and, and i blame can... i blame harry potter for that really not even that you can blame the audiences it's the same with music and every other cultural aspect that people prefer seeing things they already know they're gonna like we have a magnum pi show coming back on the air we have murphy brown returning we've got the new roseanne it, the idea okay. of Bill let me, bringing let, things back. No, let, me, let me spin that on its ear, though. Can we talk about Star Wars for just a quick second? And you, you let me know, because like I, I, I feel so weird about the Solo movie. But the one thing, the one reason why I'm super pumped about going to see Solo is uh, Donald Glover. Because uh, this is America. Atlanta, like I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm so like obsessed with Donald Glover right now, and and uh, as Lando Calrissian. So like, but but but, aside from that, I really don't care. Like, and and I, I mean, I'm somebody who's played multiple Star Wars games. I played Star Wars Galaxies for years. Like, but like, uh, I, I like, mm, I, I'm I'm kind of tired of like. You know, uh, regenerating the story in different ways. It's um, Disney, after all. So they have that in their DNA since the beginning. And well, I'm sorry, also, to take us off track. Don't, don't no, no, it isn't. Track. It isn't. No, that's something. That's something yeah. we're talking about, and and also the fact that Star Wars, since I was a kid, is in between the films. Uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye came out as a novel, and it was a story that wasn't an an adaptation of the films it was something that happened in between the movies and had to be taken out of continuity because it didn't know what to do but it was still it was like i walked into a store and there's a book about star wars that wasn't just a retelling of star wars the the star wars comics started coming out from marvel regularly and they did a lot of crazy shit but that is a, yeah that's a big jumping off point to say that star wars was always bigger than what we saw in that first trilogy uh very very early on and and marvel is that way too because marvel has been a shared universe since stan and jack started creating stuff together when also they when they took marvel, uh, disney that 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 yeah, honestly no. that is my number one problem with marvel is it's such a jumping off point like i can't i can't fucking handle it it's so much stress there's so many characters there's so many things going on but and i can't you know, like you said, you're a DC fan yourself before the show or uh, during. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not foreign to you the, the idea, the concept. It's not no, something no, that no, no, no. It's it, like one, two, three, four characters. Yeah, but with Marvel, you've got seventy thousand characters <laughs> all in the same place in this fucking movie, and uh, like no, no. I mean, it's not a fucking movie because it was actually really good, and um. Like, actually, come back to me. Come back to me. You guys keep talking. But I yeah. have questions for you about, like, why certain characters we use. So I would say, I was, I was just going to point out with the whole DC, because in the comics, they haven't done anything like Crisis on Infinite Earths, 
um, Final Crisis. Well, so the reason why they do things like Crisis on Infinite Earths and everything with the Crisis and a title afterwards is to give that jumping on point to the new reader. Uh, because they do have an extensive universe. So they do have an extensive amount of characters and storylines. And they need to kind of dial it back every once in a while for the, the newbie. Now, when I was a kid, they didn't do that. It was I picked up a comic. It could be in the middle of a storyline. It was the writers who said, hey, here's what you need to know of where we are in the story so far, who these characters are to take you onto that next step. That was in the writing. It wasn't in the indicia. You'd see a little asterisk. And for more, check out Fantastic Four number 238. Yeah, great way to sell other comics. Yeah. Yeah, which which was really weird when it was in a in a Batman book. You're like, wait, why are they referencing Fantastic Four? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> but because so, Julius Schwartz is drunk. <laughs> I guess. But I was like, uh, oh, go ahead. DC isn't failing when you look at TV shows. No, so, and, and that's so that's it, the beauty of the DC TV, TV universe is because it started small again, and then everything that you need to know as it expands out is already there for you, and it's accessible. You know, it, it, the problem isn't that these things have too many characters. The problem is is how they tell the story with those characters, and can they bring it down and condense it for mm -hmm. the average reader as opposed to the lifetime reader, and and for the average reader who isn't necessarily feeling invited into the comics. That's why there's these movies. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things like like I look at this with DC that where yes, the what is it? four TV shows that they have on on these uh, the five, DCW. Five, five. Well, four of them are interconnected. Black Lightning is separate. Thank God. And all that. For the time being. Right, Supergirl was too. Well, yeah, but they Supergirl was up until the episode where the Flash came in. Right. And all that. In the first season. We didn't get none of that in Black Lightning in this first season, unless there was something that I missed when I caught up on Netflix. No. Well, there um, was men mentions of Supergirl and Vixen, which brings the question, are they on Earth-1 or Earth-whatever Supergirl's on? Because... Supergirl wasn't known on on that world, that Earth. Yeah. So anyway, well, I like thinking they're on Earth C minus with the, just a lot of animals from Captain <laughs> Carrot. <laughs> but, it's, it's, but even with like the stuff that they're developing, you know, like with for the the DC Universe streaming service, where they've got a Swamp Thing TV series, and you know the the new Titans see. Uh, live action show and even young justice season three um a lot of this a lot of the shows on there have a couple of similarities besides the fact that they're all dc properties and that's greg berlanti and all this he's but the yet, guy in the flag of tv for, for yeah, them yes exactly and it's so it's you know they're sort of take, weighing this thing of like okay do we need a whole big shared universe no we just want to tell great stories or stories in the case of gotham um one thing i, I do want to point out is what made iron man great in 2008 is that they took a chance yes mm -hmm. no definitely it was because this was a marvel what was it marvel studios at the time i don't even think they had paramount behind them like they they got it later 
Paramount's like, hey, we'll help you distribute. Um, you know, di- uh, distribute this, and then the whole Disney thing happened after, um, you know, before the Avengers, yep, came out and stuff. But I mean, and- the other thing I'm going to point out real quick is the fact that we're, you know, we're talking about Avengers: Infinity War, a movie that is the if you're going to look at it, you know, with all the movies, this is what the 14th movie I believe. Um, in you know, from Iron Man to here, we've had 14 movies. The fact that it cost 316 million only from according to Google, the budget here was 316 million. That to me, screen it is seems like no, this should have been a lot higher. You know, the, the budget should have been a lot bigger. Now I know they filmed, they cut production down by filming both back to back, but still. Also, the contracts for a lot of these stars have already been in place, so this is like yeah. their fourth picture in a line of how many pictures they already signed up for from film yeah. one. Brad, did you have something else you wanted to to speak to? Yeah. So, with when you're talking about the DC shows, <clears throat> they took a chance there. You know, they started with Arrow, and then they brought in pre-powered Barry Allen. And then they kind of built off of that, but they, they, they still, they took a chance. They were given kind of room to breathe, you know, DC did give some, you know, you can use these characters. You can't touch these over here. So they had some of those guidelines, but they still, they took a chance and they made something great out of it. Um, you look at the DC movies though. DC seem to be, we want to make something, but make it like this or have some of the tone of that. I don't think that they really gave it the chance to experiment and be its own thing. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? They, they mm-hmm. weren't given that freedom and it seems like you wonder how many studio notes they got throughout the entire process of making, you know, Batman v Superman or, you know, whatever. Well, uh, Justice League. To notes, notes for Wonder Woman. They wanted to get rid of No Man's Land, that scene. Right. Which, which was made, one made of the defining the scenes. Yeah. So I, I, I'd, I'd like to talk to some of these executives that, well, you can't use this character because we're using them on TV because we're using them in the movie and we don't want to confuse the audience. Comic book fans don't get confused when different artists do the characters. They don't get confused when someone dies and someone takes their place and then the person that dies comes back and they're somebody else. We don't get confused. It's the executives that get confused and they should like let the leash out a little bit for, uh, for the characters in different settings because like I heard today that next season in the CW shows, they're going to bring in Batwoman. Now they're not going to bring Batman, but to have Batwoman, there pretty much needs to be a Batman around somewhere. Don't forget the Metropolis show. Metropolis show that they will do without Superman. Well, he he's he's going to be a. It's Lois Lane and uh, what's his Lex Luthor. You can't have a Batwoman without a Batman. Well, no, like she she got her inspiration from the Batman. Like 
there would without the Batman, there wouldn't be a Robin. There wouldn't be. But dude, like one of the my favorite, most favorite shows that I podcast on is Better Call Saul, and one one of the great things it, it has everything to do with time jumping. So why can't you time jump? Well, it's 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 a thing of because with with what Peter's getting at with this because it even goes in with Marvel with what you know for Spider-Man when they're you know that Sony did the agreement with Marvel and I was like I was full on the let's do Miles Morales Spider-Man you know we've done Peter Parker twice now and it hasn't gotten past the third yeah. movie and stuff like that and Corey every time would go but you have a character who is based you know his motivations are based on the one that is going to be, you know, it's based off of Peter Parker. No, I, I was totally down with the Miles Morales thing. But you, you, I, you I, always, you but always in the comics, that. I, in the comics, I find frustrations of pulling Miles Morales into the mainstream Marvel universe when the Miles Morales came from the Ultimate Universe and explaining to a comic fan, wait, this guy was in another world where Peter Parker died, but now he's hanging out with Peter Parker, and and trying to get that like. Marvel has this thing about pulling alternate universe characters in all the time to replace existing characters or having additions of them. And I'm just like, I want to be able to distill this to a new buyer in a comic mm-hmm. store. And there's just no way to no, do that I, easily. There, there isn't you, you, you can't. And it's, it's sad. And, you know, I had high hopes for the ultimate, uh, the ultimate universe. I, I really did. Mm-hmm. Because it was it was a great concept. You take all these established characters, give them updated, you know, uh, origin stories, and and you do the thing. And it allowed people to to come in, and you know, maybe you could jump them off into the regular universe stuff. But and Marvel and DC both are guilty of just fucking things up for themselves by doing these massive crossover events, and. You know, but, there's no way to, to 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 safely put somebody in. I would never ask somebody to get into comics by jumping into the to, to Superman. Now, it's pointless because right. there's 70 years of baggage, and then you've got to somehow explain. Oh yeah, they just had a rebirth, and then they had the new new 52 and the new 50. Why are there five Robins? It's, Why are it, there five Robins? <laughs> it's insanity. It is absolute insanity. And and Marvel just did it when they you know collapsed all the universes and brought you know the, the some of the ultimate characters in and uh, it's exhausting. Aren't these so events part, partially to fix a convoluted universe that wasn't cohesive anymore as well? Isn't that the effect that we comic book fans or more you, but I'm also one for other uh, things? that if you stick too much to continue continuity and other such things you uh, throw yourself in a corner because you can't go this way or this way because there's no much room for new writers coming up with new ideas kind of so you have to press reset button at times that's that's infinity war is kind of that's the excuse of a lazy writer to me that's yeah, it took a long time to get to the point where we had to reset these universes. And then it's like every five to ten years they want to do it again and do it again. It it it's they see it that sells. the, the reset sells, yeah. one time was great 
but yeah. then they just keep going to that well as opposed to doing great stories with the like, characters as they are. In the early 2000s when they, you know, Jesus Christ, we're far afield here, but when they redid, when they did the 52, they solved all their problems narratively. They brought in, you know, they they made some modifications, they put in some diversity, and, and shit happened, and it was beautiful. They didn't have to do another thing after that. And then they went, well, and then then they did Flashpoint and shot everything in the ass. Uh, and narratively, everything was much darker, and it was like they were trying to take the tone of what they wanted to do with the movies and Dark Knight and all this, and it, it was awful. It was an abomination. Um, and and it's it's sad. And then they had to do another major event to, to fix all of the editorial mistakes that they made with their decision. And how do you... I get where you're coming from, Beat, when you say that. But you can't... Okay, part of the problem is you can't do five Batman books and expect not to run out of stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Marvel shot themselves in the ass in, in the nineties when they put out four Punisher books and then <laughs> all of a sudden, Oh, Punisher isn't bankable anymore. Well, no shit. You're, you're bombarding them with four different books that they all have. You know, you pretty much have to buy all of them to kind of keep up with who's doing what, when, and, and nobody had money for you. know, it's, it's just pointless. And I understand it's a business, but you can't milk that machine or you can't milk that one writer. Jesus, poor Chris Claremont. I'm surprised he can still tie his shoes for as well, much now they, as they sucked his brain and, and Bendis is in the same boat. Well, now um, they pay Chris Claremont not to write. Uh, that That's actually true. He's under contract for Marvel and he never gets to write anything for any of their books. But uh, so... Going back to the Ultimate Universe, the Ultimate Universe is the model for what the film universe is. That was their starting point. And the Ultimate Universe, when it was pitched, was basically like, we're, we're giving you books that are free of continuity that are starting today. So Spider-Man starts now this year, X-Men start now this year, and so on and so forth. And that was a great leadoff. Now, we saw the Ultimate Universe ultimately fail because I think... They had no Kevin Feige. They lost editorial ship. They let Jeff Ro Loeb write the Ultimates and just go batshit oh crazy on it. Oh, my God. The Ultimates <laughs> 3 was like... Uh, yeah, they, it was a nightmare. Blind everybody that purchased the first two and just kicked them all in the genitals. Here's your book. <laughs> <clears throat> I think that might have actually been a, a scheme scratched out in that by uh, uh, Ed McGinnis. Anyway, so but we see that the idea at the beginning was sound, and that's what the movies gave us. But the other thing that movies gave us, uh, you were talking about the house style earlier, and and what Marvel did is that they started things, maybe house style, but then they let them grow. And I think that the growth is what made the universe, uh, the films, more enjoyable. By the time that we got from Captain America, the first Avenger which is a very classic Cap, and I think is the movie that was necessary to establish Captain America, the jump to Winter Soldier is such a different tonal film. Uh, we go from Thor to Thor the Dark World, and then uh, somehow had to Men in Black that out of our faces to get to Thor Ragnarok, which is very tonally different from what came before. But it's that individuality that they let the creators have 
that made everything, I think, more compelling. When we get that scene in Infinity War where the Guardians show up on the screen and we hear that music playing and it's it's obviously it's it's something on Peter's Zune. But we're all just like, yes, this is our Guardians showing up. You feel that moment because of what James Gunn had established in his two movies. Another thing the Marvel uh, committee didn't want. They didn't want him to have the old timey music. They didn't want him to have those classics on the soundtrack. They wanted something that was more modern today. And he's like, uh, no, no, I don't think so. It, But it's that gives things tonally their individual personalities. And that's what makes you know, hey, when Thor is up there, I feel this connection to Thor because I recognize Thor from his stuff. And then I recognize Iron Man from his stuff. I feel like every character got to be themselves in this movie. They they got to be the best part of themselves. Uh, when Shuri's making jokes at the expense of Banner and Stark because she's obviously smarter than them, they let that happen. They let this young black female character who's only been in one movie so far. And that movie was two months before. Right. But they they let her show off over two of the most established characters in the entire universe Mm -hmm. that they have, you know, and that was a great moment. And, and you have a hundred percent buy into that. And you're just like, yeah, well, sure. He kicks their ass. I've seen some backlash where people are like, "Oh, those those two guys are the most intelligent people." Well, where is she? You know, it's like you know, fuck you. She took some. She made vibranium beads and created like a an iPhone, iPad, Siri holographic it's, it's, projection system. Let's see you do yeah, that. It's 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 one of those things that with with the people those people who complain about that, like with Siri, it's like, did you not see? Black Panther, did yeah. you not see the shit that she made to where <laughs> well, it's it's one of those things that like like also she know, spent her entire life being encouraged to be a scientist yeah. and having the resources and stuff to do that. Stark spent a lot of his life drunk and fighting his, his parents. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And and Banner spent a lot of his life on the run from everybody trying to kill him. You know, and on the run from himself, keeping himself fighting from other people. It's not that they're not smart, but, you know, sometimes as the smartest person in the room, you're so far up your own ass that you don't see the problem because you're already solving something that doesn't exist instead of the thing that's actually in front of you. And I see that happen in tech all the time. And I I think it's completely realistic that this character does that. But again, the, the point is the characters, I think, all get represented extremely well. If the one failing that I could see people saying about this movie to, towards a character would be about Peter Quill, um, because he fucks shit up for everybody. He's the one who makes the plan not work. But in doing that, he's very honest of who his character is, because he's recently gone through like his whole life was about the loss of his mom. And living in space, and then finding his dad, and finding out his dad is an asshole, and then losing his father, you know, in in that the person who raised him. So to have this moment where he realizes he's just lost the the only other person that he truly loves, yeah, he's going to react poorly. Of he's going he, to lose his shit. Do that. Yeah, he's going to lead with an emotion, and I believe that again, that is true to the character because he's a hothead. Mm-hmm. That's the thing with uh, uh, Stark as well and with Banner. They were consistent. They're 
shortcomings are part of their arc. That's that's what makes them standing out. So it isn't uh, Shuri is smarter, and she shouldn't be because some misogynistic assholes, anti-social justice warriors bullshit. Throw that away. There are many critics out there for many things that have nothing to do with really critiquing the movie itself. It's just a political stance or whatever else. I don't give them the time of the day. I ignore that entirely. The the other thing I'll point out here is from the Wikipedia page. I've, I've had the Wikipedia page open this whole time. And they talk about, they, they give you the character breakdowns. And they give you, you know, Chris Hemsworth as Thor and all that stuff. They add in here, at the re recommendation of Hemsworth, writers Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely consulted Thor Ragnarok director Taika Waititi and screenwriter Eric Pearsons to help carry over the comedic and tragic elements of the retoned Thor from that film. That's something that I don't, I feel like a lot of other, like that, you don't get that without, no. with, with without learning by mistakes. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things that to have this. You know, with a movie that happened so recently, you know, they were filming these at the same time. Same thing with Black Panther. And yet we have all these beats in there in there that make sense and help, you know, drive home these elements. And then we get, you know, like with like you guys point out with uh, the song from Guardians of the Galaxy or, or, you know, when the Guardians come in and all that. And how we have this massive cast in here um, of people, even, even these secondary characters, the, um, the, you know, Ned from Spider-Man and all these other little characters, they even felt fleshed out, even though they were in one scene. You know, Not only that, that two million characters are already there, but they brought in a new one, Thanos. And he mm -hmm. was a main character. There was room even for that. Because most MCU movies, now we're going to a little bit of a slant there, that was their weakness. They were bland. They were secondary to the story. The, uh, the character arcs came before the drama, before the tension and everything. And it, it was intentionally this way, but it, it was at a point in time that we were, I was thinking, a little bit more would be nice. And then Black Panther delivered with that. And the double down with the Infinity War. So all is well. And before we go into characters, I think that's the place we have to go next. Before we get the angry emails, there were not 14 movies. There were 19, if you count uh, the Hulk movie, the first yep. one from Universal, and uh, Spider-Man Homecoming as well. Or there were 17 from Marvel itself. So it's not just 14. No, the because we would honestly we would have to include those just because of the fact that in here we get um thunderbolt, thunderbolt ross, ross. Rep reprising his role spider-man is in here but this is his third appearance in a marvel cinematic universe movie so yeah it's you, you said it was 19 yes yeah um aka a whole fucking lot of movies <laughs> now so that's another thing too is one of the things that we we probably remember from early superhero films uh trilogies or or more than three films is that every time they would have their next film they would try to up the amount of characters so batman goes from fighting the joker in the first film to catwoman and penguin in the next yeah. film 
and yeah. and they just keep trying to add on. And in the Spider-Man films, uh, the first ones, they they go from fighting the Green Goblin to Doctor Octopus. But by the third movie, it's like, how many fucking characters can we put in this? You know, and and so it's it's like you try to pack so much in to keep it interesting, but you lose an actual story because of that. And and and, and that's a danger in yeah. in this. But we've seen this even in in the Marvel films, like the Captain America civil war was a lot of characters more than we'd had in just the Avengers movies right before that. So there's always a danger of trying to put too much in. And yet with all of the characters that we've seen, except for a couple, they all got their moments and that's, that's a huge deal. And it, again, it's, it's established from them all being introduced in other things. But the only things that I think got glazed over were really the the people that worked for Thanos, and they were just henchmen. You know, they were powerful henchmen, but they were henchmen, and they were treated like henchmen. They had their moments uh, to establish that they were badass, and then they got beat, uh, as they should have, be, by the amount of, of heroes that were fighting against them, the skills of those heroes, what they were doing. But yeah. the only character that was not really well established before that get the lion's share of the screen time in this was Thanos. So that's why it's considered his movie. But everybody else, I think, gets to be something in this. You know, you have your moments with Drax and Mantis and Groot. You have your moments with the people from Wakanda. You have your moments. I, I think that some of the original Avengers were the ones who had the least amount of screen time. But I don't feel like we lost anything with that. I guess the, the one big thing that I'll add that I will say I was pleasantly surprised by was because I was pleasantly surprised throughout the movie here was the fact that we got Ross Marquardt in here. Like, you know, from as a Walking Dead fan, sort of fallen from the wayside, but, you know, him coming in, taking over a role, you know, of, from someone, from a great actor in hugo weaving taking over as the red skull um you know it's, it's called, uh, called the Stonekeeper in here that's something that just blows my mind that that, that wasn't skeletor <laughs> no no see, see skeletor is next to to tobias F uh, fionke who i also missed on there you know i missed that it was that he was in there until someone said afterwards i'm like wait what he what they were Oh, cool! That's awesome. We, you know, it wasn't Skeletor because you didn't hear. Ha ha! <laughs> <laughs> but you could have because it was Ross Marquardt. He can do a lot. But yeah, I mean, it's. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of how to, where to go from here. Well, okay. So at the end, of the, we see the the people who disappear. One of the things that is interesting to me is the people who are left. As far as we know. Uh, mm. The original Avengers are all still around. Yep. Uh, which I think is is important to, to see because... Except for Cap. Nope. No, Cap's still He's there. alive. No, the Cap's original alive. six are alive. Oh, okay. Yep. Hawkeye yep. is the only one that we don't see because he's not in the film at all. And but this gives us the opportunity. And, and Fury is the only one who, I mean, is not officially an Avenger but is from the first Avengers film when the gathering of the team and everything. But all the rest of them are still around. Now, there's the extra characters and stuff that we get to uh, have a part of that. Rocket, 
uh, Shuri. There's some great character potential of still having a big group after this. But the fact that those original six are still available for this next film, I think is is key to what they're trying to do, which is finish off the Avengers themselves as a as a set of films, as a story. Mm. There's the thing that we have to talk about what happens next, because that's what the movie wants us to do, I guess. We, we know that some stuff comes back because just of the sequels <laughs> coming for them. But the other question is, for under, under, what, under what circumstances and there were time travel stories and other things uh, that were speculated there. But then we have Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Right. And which is something that Jackie alluded to earlier, which is with the, the Batwoman thing, why can't you go backwards? And why, why can't you time jump and stuff? With Captain Marvel, we know that we're getting a time jump. Yeah. Yep. We're getting a movie from the 90s. And just the mere fact that Nick Fury has pulled out this cosmic pager <laughs> to get a hold of Captain Marvel is a thing of beauty. Souped up pager from the nineties. It's just it, it was it was a sight to behold. I was yeah. I was very pleased with that. But I mean it's because that I mean hello I got it tattooed on my arm for crying out loud. Space um, pager. Yeah, yeah. That, that's gonna be my next one. It's just the space pager with another one on my the other <laughs> arm. But it was you know it was for as a Cat Marvel fan that's where I was like yes like just enter because. For for you and Peter who didn't hear, I had a kid behind me who for every time a character came up, you just heard Spider-Man, Superman. You know, it's like, just name the, off the characters and I want to be like, we get it. <laughs> we all have eyeballs. But his dad was right there. I didn't know what his dad, you know, if his dad was, you know, big and going to kick my ass or Or smaller. if the kid was autistic. What? Weren't you yeah, the kid or, or back even, then when when you when there were only the comics and no movies and you were like, oh, I see somebody else having that T-shirt on that has that implication that he knows that character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now it's mainstream and everybody knows about it, as you alluded to. But yeah. for that kid, look, my hero is there on the big screen. Oh, okay, it's okay, so see, fucking it, awesome. It's, it's a little bit different from that because it was, it was every character. Like it was, he's like Captain America and Peter, you're right. Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't know if he was autistic or anything like that. I mean, he, he was just really young, you know, he's like eight years old, you know, wasn't even alive when Iron Man came out from my, my assumptions. And, and one that. of the things it, that we talked about uh, before the show started with Jackie was she had said that there was a point where people were applauding when Captain America came on. And that's the experience of going to see this in the theater is you're, you're in a room full of other people who who love these movies, uh, probably as much as you do. Some cases more, some cases not as much. Uh, people who never stay through the credits, you're weird. Uh, but it, it is it's a shared moment. Mm-hmm. It, it's something that we get to experience together when you go to see a film like this. And and I love the fact that people do get excited like that. And and I love that there are kids who are excited to see these characters. Like I've been excited to read their comics and know their oh adventures my, my entire life. Uh, I think that that's brilliant, and it's a it's a huge accomplishment for for the Marvel universe as a whole. Um, 
but to to get the mainstream audience to feel that excitement like I did as a kid who had to go run to a comic store or or go to spinner racks at the drugstores yeah. and and grab these things and collect them for years they get that that's that invitation into a world that I've known about for so long and I'm so excited to share that world with new people mm-hmm. um I, I'm just so proud of it, uh, even though I have no ownership of it. it but it's <laughs> it's the fact that I don't have ownership that makes it better, is that we all get to experience this together now, and we all get to take our things from it. That's why I think the inclusion of characters like Black Panther, that's why I think the inclusion of having a female-led superhero movie coming up with Captain Marvel is mm-hmm. so important as well. Um, and I love every single second of it. Yeah, and it's... I look at this as a whole because the other part that he he that the kid this is where i did turn around because it was the end so to spoil the ending there's everyone vanished you know half the people vanish it um vanish and all that stuff and he goes with where it ended with uh with thanos recovering on another planet and he's like no like that's it and i'm like and i'm like this is great fucking storytelling and i turn around and i go you do you, like just more assuring like hey hey don't worry there's another movie coming out next year you know you don't have to wait like th- this is this is where i do the the brad voice back in my day we back had to wait, in my yeah, we wait three years yeah. for the movie for the sequel <laughs> but remember how long a year was to you when you were that kid's age oh dude, that was forever yeah I mean, I, I don't. I can't think of it exact off the top of my head because it seems like it just it flew by. Like when the like Star Wars like, movies were originally coming out, I would have sworn it was a decade in between each one. Yeah, yep. yeah, and it's and I'm like, and dude, you're gonna have a bunch of movies. You're gonna have two movies in, in between that are Marvel cinematic movies. You know, with with Ant Man and the Wasp, which this is. So I, I want to hit on. I want to ask you guys one thing. Greg here. doesn't realize that this kid was there as part of the Make a Wish Foundation fulfillment, <laughs> and uh, that. The- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for making me feel even more like an wow, asshole. Wow, that took a Thank turn. You. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Fanboys? Have you seen Fanboys, Gregor? Uh, all I want is God to go to see fanboys. Infinity War and sit behind Gregor. Could you do that for me, please? <laughs> My last wish was to That's watch a I'm guy with balls chin just like... <laughs> Get defeated by my favorite heroes. So, uh, the uh, Peter Quill thing that you mentioned earlier—that he was still a loser that brought it all down and everything—that isn't even true. As Doctor Strange went through his sixteen million permutations of the future, he knew what was happening. It was the only way how they could get to to a good place. Beating him wasn't the solution. It wasn't an option. He would have done, so, which is what Doctor Strange was saying. That, that that's just what I yeah. mentioned. So, other things like that you saw the characters having an arc and doing all the things that you would expect that they would go to a place, and because they reached that level, they couldn't get beaten by that. But let's say four could have ended it all if it wasn't. <laughs> going for the chest of Thanos, but for the head. But he wanted right. to have a quip. He wanted to be there and say, I killed you. I was yeah. there. I killed you. If he wasn't just done his job, things would have been over. So, If the, he chopped him off at the wrist. Yeah. That, uh, the whole jumping around in space with uh, on the title. But 
what a it. tremendous fuck you to Thor and everybody. Yeah, ah, you would have done it if you had to hit me in the head, dummy. <laughs> Snap. I even took off yeah. my helmet. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a question of what is the message there? What See, is the message? Because uh, they did everything right in theory. Mm -hmm. So it was in saying, if you do this and this and this, things work out. No, the movie was going to a place that was in that uh, you couldn't escape from. So I look at it this way, because this is one of the, like, what I've told people in talking about this that have seen the movie, where I go, this is, this is where I full on pull the comparison to comic books, where, you know, when they've done, you know, in, Infinity Conquest, Infinity Gauntlet, you know, Oh, Thanos is making a play for for the stones here because he's missing his own testicles. Sorry, sorry, that that, that was the reason why. But um, they're on know. his chin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, they're just shriveled up and and all that lot. So he wants to get more, you know he wants to use that time stone to go back in time. Oh, well, I'm sorry, um, I'm fifty. I figured that's what testicles look like at this point. As I said in Star Trek, not everybody has his genitals between the legs. So <laughs> it's a fact. He's Ooh. a Bolchinian. Um but but anyways, he's he he goes to um in the comics, it's like, you know, we're at issue five where Thanos has won. Thanos has beaten, not just done the mercy of snap the fingers, everyone goes away, but kills with his bare hands like the mountain on game of thrones sorry spoilers um <laughs> you know for for the dornishman there kills captain america kills thor kills all these guys and then leaves small little group of people that he's like oh they're insignificant and they're the ones who come and you know either rescue or defeat thanos and not that's what we're going to, I'm pretty sure that's what we're going to see. You know, we're going to see something like that in the next Avengers movie. That's what well, I was yeah. th thinking of. Do you think that Avengers four, the so far, so far non titled would be equivalent to like the giant size X-Men where a new group of heroes goes and fixes stuff, goes to the Island and frees the original X-Men from the, from the living Island. <laughs> I, I'm curious, honestly, because the whole thing about wiping people out of existence and and one of the classic things about Thanos is that he courts death. But what if being taken out of the existence of this universe doesn't mean that you don't exist in an alternate universe? It, what if it's that you, I... you 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 don't just go away? Matter just doesn't dissipate and and it has to come back to something. So if there's like another side, it's like the other side of the source wall from DC comics and, well, I, and using and I, dark side. And that's the soul stone. Right. Um, because if you, from my interpretation of, of what happened was, and they made a big deal about the soul stone, the soul stone was the only one that required something, right. Yeah. To possess it. So, we got the orange sky, which the color of the soul stone is orange. And that's where Thanos woke up essentially and talked to the child Gamora. And uh, if you go by the comics, now granted MCU does not stick to the comics 
by and large, but you know, I, I have a strong feeling that everybody's in the soul stone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It, Cause it makes sense to have the last movie be the perspective of the people who are still around, but there's a potential of seeing stuff from the perspective of the people who aren't around. And, and yeah. that's what I, I'm kind of curious about. At the very least, I feel like some of the things that they, the moves they had to make was we know that the most likely people who would have been able to get back at Thanos are Dr. Strange, who had a perception of what needed to happen for everything. So too powerful to, to have. It seems like he'd know enough to fix the story. A lot of this is the characters are being they're being sort of like attacked so fast. They don't have the time to plan. In the next film, they'll have time to plan and figure out a way to fix things. But at this first, it's just like they're they're being attacked on so many fronts from the very beginning. They're they're not on their game yet. Uh, Doctor Strange would have given them too many advantages. Scarlet Witch probably would have given them too many advantages. Yep. Uh, but we still have the potential to see a return of Vision. And and that's the other part is all the characters did what they thought was right. What Brad was saying of Thor attacked and and assumed that he had killed Thanos with that blow but he just didn't do it the right way but his his motives were there his motives were correct it was just that one miss all the people who were who were doing the things that they were doing were doing things right scarlet witch made the hardest decision but made the right decision and it was the inevitability of but you don't understand what you're up against yeah. you think that you can do this and you think you can defeat me but you are against the indefeatable because of the power that I hold now. But one thing that we haven't talked about that I still, it goes back to the very beginning of the movie is that Thanos kills the ultimate trickster and it seems really quick and really easy. Now I know Loki has never been portrayed as super strong in these, but he is really wicked smart. And uh, I feel like no that resurrection was a weak time. way to go for the guy who is, <laughs> if not the smartest guy in the room, the craftiest motherfucker in the room. Yeah. Although there is the line that Thanos, after he kills him, says, there'll be no resurrection this time. Yes. So the theory is that Thanos did resurrect him after he died, after the, f- where, when he died in, was it Thor? It was Thor. In the first Thor. Yeah, and they they mourned him and everything, and they thought he died. Yeah, he he was brought back by Thanos is the the theory that's going around. So since Thanos isn't going to do it this time, that no, was the second Thor that he died in. No, he he at, at the second Thor we knew he had disguised himself as Odin. Yep. So so at that point in time, Thor thought he was dead, yes. but in the first one he had supposedly died and then came back as well. I thought. Uh, came back for Avengers. The general assumption is that the people that died before the snap stay dead. Except, I think, except for Gamora, because she is her soul is trapped in the soul stone, so there's a way for her. But Heimdall, Loki, uh, so many, but it, I can't recall them all. But these are dead dead. Well, wouldn't uh, uh, Valkyrie be on that list? Because she was nope. on the... Half of the Asgardians, right. by the way, as Megan. usual for... Yeah. 
Meek and the other guy are are off in the half of them <laughs> got away. Yes. Okay. Many people are confused about that. It was uh, from But why would you have those and... characters get away if there wasn't potential to be another Thor movie? And if there's a potential to be another Thor movie, I expect that there's a potential for more Loki. Well, well, here's here's the brilliant part of how things have been done. Because l look at what we know for, you know, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we know for 100% fucking certainty because they are either wrapping up production and are in post or are in post production. We know three movies. That's it. That's, you know, you look at it from what was it, 2014, 2013, when they did the big slate of movies where they announced all these, you know, Guardians Volume 2 and, you know, and this and then Infinity War Part 1 and Part 2. And oh, look, there's going to be two movies in between there, one of them in human. So we're not going to talk about that and stuff like that. And yet, boom, now we only have these three. And there are, are people where Kevin Feige was asked, you know, with Black Panther. Well, what, what about a sequel? That's up to Ryan Coogler. Not saying yes or no, but... Yeah, I don't think we'll ever see a list like that again. Yeah. And then um, people asked C. Robert Cargill, are we going to get a Doctor Strange? You know, a Doctor Strange sequel. He goes, I don't know. He plays it super cautious, erring more on the side of, no, we won't. And all <laughs> Erring on the side of, I don't want to get sued out of existence. Well, I, I don't want to be Tom Holland in an interview. Just... <laughs> no, honestly, because honestly, I Leak feel like... like you're at a fucking hotel with Trump in Russia. Well, no, because <laughs> I mean, you know, Cargill here, you know, Massa Worm, formerly from Ain't It Cool News, he knows how to do that, you know, how to do the the hype for a thing because he's he's interviewed people and covered movies for a long time so for him to say that i mean a lot of times you sort of got to go you know i call bullshit because you know that was a, su a successful movie had really great actors in there you know there's got to be a sequel right well let's hold on let's enjoy what we have here coming out that the character is also in before we talk about you know a sequel then let me put that question to the round table which characters you want to get rid of after Avengers 4 in a way that that a new team comes in everything for something new to come in and you have to lose some old stuff so you think we can go on without the Robert Downey Jr. Chris Evans so here I'll 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 hit it first on this one because why the fuck not um I think I'm looking at really at those two characters, you know, Iron Man and Captain America, because they have been in the most movies. Now, I don't th I don't think we get rid of, but it's a it, it's either one of them does a sacrifice, you know, a la Yandu in uh, Guardians Volume 2, a la Merle in The Walking Dead, where mm. it's a heroic Michael Rooker-esque death <laughs> to use his character twice, you know, his the actor twice in two different examples. And then the other one steps into a executive role or a head role 
of a company called the Strategic Homeland Investigative and whatever, you know, Shield sort of deal. That's sort of how I see it playing out because then you're, or if they go the way of, well, they both could come back because then, because with either one of them, you're opening up the question of, well, then who, who becomes Cap? You know, if Chris Evans dies, who becomes Cap? Or, well, not dies, um, is done. Who, who takes up the shield? Okay. Or the vibranium gauntlets? Or Sam. Yeah. Shuri is the new Iron Man. <laughs> I know they said Shuri is the new Black Panther. Nah. She, I think she, she shows Iron Man how to do it. Uh, no, I, Brad, do you want to you wanna go ahead and, and say, do you have a, a sacrificial lamb as for who should go, who should stay? Uh, Kill them all. <laughs> no, you know, it really kind of depends on... God, it's, it's really hard. Uh, you know, I think of the people that could go... I think Rhodey's on that list. Um, he's already taken him. Well, they've already he's already <laughs> taken it in the shorts as as an individual once. Um, I could see that just him going um, yeah. to save Tony. <sighs> I, I think I'm also struggling with the fact is I don't want any of them to go because I really. <laughs> Exactly. I, I really enjoy their interpretations of the heroes that they're portraying. And uh, I think that might be clouding my my judgment. So I, it's like I well, can't trust who I'd say to get rid of. And, and that's, also, that's also why I didn't include Thor. Because if you look at phase one, you, know, you have Hulk, Thor, Iron, or, you know, Iron Man, and Cap. Mm -hmm. you know, out of, and then you get... Um, Black Widow. Black Widow and Hawkeye. Black Widow and Hawkeye, their characters have been in so few, you know, in such small roles that it would feel a little bit like, okay, you're cutting you're cutting off something great here with, small with role these like Ant-Man. <laughs> um but you look at Thor, Thor just got good. <laughs> you know, with with Ragnarok, he was my favorite you, character almost. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. And, and I think so, that we can thank Taika for that. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, just the change tonally with his character between two and three, and what we get in three, we get pulled into into Infinity War, and it's it's perfect. That that bit of joviality that you would think that somebody and now we know that he's 1600 years old in this mm -hmm. film uh you know and, and you're a, a technically a god uh there's got to be that that bit of joviality and just weird sense of humor is is wonderful like calling it also rocket a rabbit a, <laughs> yeah it also gave a really good bridge for having his character be the one to interact the most with the guardians in this episode. oh shit yeah, yeah. i want to yeah. have a spin-off just with uh, with rabbit <laughs> and him and Rex. I wouldn't mind Rabbit mixing it up with uh, Winter Soldier, because that was fun. <laughs> I'm gonna get that arm. <laughs> yep. uh, but but that's that's exactly right. One of the things is as comic fans is we're spoiled because we have had continuous stories with these characters for yeah. you know I'm 46 and so my entire life 
there's been a Captain America, there's been a Spider-Man, there's been an Iron Man. I didn't necessarily read the comics all the time. Um, and like Jackie, I'm a, I'm a DC person above being a Marvel verse person, but I've read the X-Men for like decades, hardcore. Um, but we don't, we don't often have to have an ending. Now, up until Marvel started killing every character once a quarter uh, to bring them back uh, three months later, it used to be that death meant something in comics, uh, except for Jean Grey. Thanks, now Dan Jurgens. Yeah, but now that's not the case, and and so it's a it's a different feeling. But it used to be that you knew Superman was going to be there next month. You knew Spider-Man was going to be there a year from now. You you just felt like yeah, I'm I'm always going to get to continue reading these stories. It's like the Spider-Man strip in the in the sunday comics it's like they don't kill spider-man in that you just every week here's your next spider-man bit and and you just get to enjoy that in the movies because it's actors because they can't do this forever maybe it's realistic that they're going to kill some of these characters off but that's not what i want i didn't want to see han die in in the star wars movies i i felt like just don't show me that yeah. Like when there was the book about Chewbacca dying uh, a couple decades back, it, it's yeah, they killed Chewbacca in the book. Then why the fuck do I want to read that book? <laughs> you know, that's not the story I'm looking for. And that's not the story I'm looking for in these films. I get the characters die in them, but that's not what I'm hoping for. It's not the, my Avengers snuff film fantasy. <laughs> I look at these things because I want to see these characters being heroic, being fun, being a team. That's what I love about it. And so... Yeah, maybe Evans doesn't come back. It's Captain America. But that doesn't mean I want to see the final Captain America story. And I certainly don't want to see the final Captain America story in the mix of a whole huge story of other characters, because that would be a very intimate story that I would want to see, if anything. And I really don't even want that. I just want to to know that somewhere out there, Cap is still existing and still fighting the good fight. But being movies... They they have a little bit more leeway of killing off people because, like with the Keaton Batman's, they killed Joker. They don't do that in the comics because, like you say, every month or every week or every two weeks, depending on the thing, they'll need him back. But with the movie, Keaton only made it three, three, two, 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 two. so. It's not a every month thing. It's like every three years, every two years, whatever. So they can get away with killing off characters because they don't have to worry about selling a movie next month or the month after that or two years from then because the movies are pretty much can be self-contained. And they can, like with the Spider-Man, you can go, well, this is a different Spider-Man where Uncle Ben got killed again, which which is a good thing with the homecoming. Didn't even mention Uncle Ben at all. But like, because a movie is such a big thing, death is a little bit more manageable as opposed to in comics where, like, I think the death of Superman's, while it was a great, thing having him come back in six months started the okay they're dead now they're back well not so much like 
the Jean Grey stuff that yeah. was before that. But like DC goes, oh, look at all the money we made from killing him off. And then having all the other characters that claim to be Superman come back and then Superman back. Well, let's do it to Batman. Okay. And we'll do it to that and that until it becomes like cert- basically a meme of. Well, Marvel's done die, that too. Never, yeah. Marvel, Marvel did that with, with Nick Fury. In 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 one movie, you know, he dies and he comes back. In in Iron Man three, Pepper seemingly dies and comes back uh, because of her the power set that they gave her at that point in time. Loki. Uh, Loki's died and come back a couple of times now, uh, or we've at least been expected to. So a lot of the death isn't permanent. Group died, and we're told that isn't the same group, but we all still perceive him as Groot. Uh, there there's there's certainly a comic bookness to that, but the catch 22 of these Marvel films is that versus the, the Batman movies, even if you count the, the Burton movies with the Schumacher movies as one set of films uh, and throw up in your mouth a little bit when you do it, <laughs> it's still four movies that in a time that they, they didn't kill Batman in any of them they just stopped making them. But this is 10 years of movies that were going on forward of it's still all a tied continuity so when we kill off a captain america in this it's not like there's not going to be another 10 years potentially of marvel films but that's 10 years of marvel films where there's not a cap that's 10 years where there's not potentially an iron man and and sure they're creating these other characters and hoping that they do as well but so far the only character that has not been part of the avengers that's done as well has been black panther because ant-man hasn't done it and dr strange hasn't done it and that's what they're building on they're hoping that the next films will do as well but they haven't competed in that way so far there are other things you can only do so many movies without cannibalizing your own market because if they do like five to ten movies a year there's no room for the box office. So along the practical (laughs) on the practical level you can yeah, I don't think they can, could accomplish that. So there's wiggle room. The other question is, like we had earlier with Miles Morales being the Spider-Man, who's the character? The actor? Or the character you have there? War Machine. Right. Not the same actor. Did we really care? Or was that a deal breaker? He wasn't one of the main, main characters, of course. But at one point, if Donnie Jr. isn't cut for it, doesn't mean that Iron Man won't return. It's yeah. It, so yeah, we just won't get a Tony Stark one. Well, but even then, even then, I feel like we get like this is where you use the comic books as as the inspiration. Where like like you look at comics right now, where we've had the death of <laughs> of, of Iron Man in. Um, or the supposed death of Iron Man in Civil War Two, mm-hmm. which thus led to Iron Man being the mantle being taken up by both Doctor Doom and Riri Williams. Um, now, some of that wouldn't really be able to work out quite yet because of you know who owns who and all that stuff. But we do stuff like that you know and we like we ju- and we just got done with Sam Wilson as Captain America in the comics 
going side by side with Steve Rogers. Now, granted, a lot of people don't like that Steve Rogers, you know, Hail Hydra. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those things that you use this to where you get, you know, five, ten years, you know, with how the these the movies are paced now of an Ironheart or, you know, Sam Wilson's Captain America or Bucky Barnes' Captain America before. But is that going to, it, what what comics forgive, I think is very different from what an audience in films forgive, which is yep. I'm going to see a Captain America movie, so I expect it to be Captain America. I don't expect it to be Falcon in Captain America's outfit. I don't expect it to be Bucky in Captain America's outfit. I expect it to be Captain America. The the idea of of an Ant Man getting a film or a Doctor Strange getting a film is that they get to be their next trilogy. They get to be their next universe building things themselves, as opposed to, oh well, now War Machine becomes Iron Man. Well, that would be great, but the personality of of War Machine is very different from Tony Stark as Iron Man. And it's not like we're going to get a series of Iron Man movies that is going to feel like Iron Man movies. They're going to feel like a different movie. So why not just make it War Machine? So why not just make an Ironheart film? Or, if, or if that's what you treat it like so, comics in a sense that it changes the writer. It ends the run ends after Phase Four, mm -hmm. and then you get other actors to portray them. Would that be a deal breaker? That's my question to you guys. Can you live with the Iron Man still being Tony Stark but not being? Robert Downey Jr. Yes, because that that's what I was alluding to. Was we get you know a 5-10 year period of Ironheart of you know Bucky as Cap and whatnot and then that's a chance for us to recast Tony Stark. I mean, you look at how many times we've we've rebooted uh Spider-Man and Aunt May keeps getting younger and younger. If they reboot Spider-Man again, and they don't put Aunt May going to school with him. I'm gonna I'm gonna cry outright because, for fuck's sake, they're Benjamin buttoning her. <laughs> I mean, but, she goes. She goes. But Gregor, you you do have to acknowledge that this is Marvel's first time doing Spider Man, so it well, it doesn't and, necessarily and I count. I understand that, but what I'm getting at is here. It's one of those things like with re you know with shifting the focus away from Tony Stark to a Riri, a Riri Williams or um, a roadie who, you know, would be recast or even a Punisher, you know, you know, some, you know, get a little bit tricky with it and to then get to where we get him back, but it's not Robert Downey Jr. because he's done, you know, he's, he's gone, to, you know, he's moved on to other things. We still haven't gotten to my stilt man movie yet, so I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, he's too busy building uh, Daredevil's uh, uniforms. Right. Yeah. There's there's so much potential. Like they're talking about doing an Eternals movie. Uh, there there's still so many other things out there. And is there an Avengers movie that doesn't have these Avengers? We we still keep talking about maybe a Black Widow movie. We haven't had any real talk about a Scarlet Witch Vision movie, but there's potential for it. It's just if they think it's a bankable thing that they can do a story on. There's still so many things that don't have to be Iron Man and don't have to be Captain America 
it's not automatic that if you have the universe films go on that those characters have to be at the forefront of it. But I like the idea of having a potential for them to come back. It's like when you have a character leave a major show, like uh, Polly Perrette just left NCIS. Mm -hmm. I'm not an NCIS fan, but I love the fact that they didn't kill her character off to have her, the actress leave the show. There's a potential if she wanted to return in some way down the road, she can. Uh, as opposed to when Warwick left CSI, they killed off Warwick. And that bummed me out because every time I watch the show after that, it's like I miss I miss the old team and there's no chance of the old team being the old team anymore. NCIS, to get off on a little more on the sidetrack here, I believe NCIS with the past of the couple, with the couple of their others have done that same thing. Like with... Uh, who's the guy who's doing bull like i don't think they killed his character off either but they did kill off the original female lead on the show uh years ago yeah which i maybe it was early enough that you could get away with that and they they certainly they continued on but now they've got william valderrama on there and fuck that uh (laughs) i just you see my point though is no yeah you don't have to you don't have to chop it off at the head for the the sake of continuity the continuity can go on it's just hey there's a whole world outside of the screen that we're looking at that's still going on and in that world there can still be a chris evans captain america and in that world there can still be a tony stark with with pepper Potts living the life that he's promised her for several movies you know it, it, they get to go off and be their own thing and every once in a while you might get them on a view screen like you have thunderbolt ross show up in a, a virtual reality setting at some point it's okay to do those things because in your head you can fill in the blanks and say there's still cap stories happening. There's still Hulk stories happening. And I get to have that too, to, to just say, Oh, because this is the last time we're going to get to have these actors be full fledged members of the cast for these films. So let's just poke them. That's, that's kind of a bummer for me. It's a bummer for me in the idea of like, there's kids who watch these movies who get excited when the characters show up on screen and screen them out their names. And then all of a sudden they have to see all of those characters just go away and they never get to think about Captain America still being out there fighting for what's right. Yeah. Here's an idea that I just came up with a couple of minutes ago. Remember Marvel team up comics where it'd be like Spider-Man and Daredevil for a thing. What if they do that for the next phase where it's, it's not, an ant-man movie or it's not a spider-man movie it's like an ant-man and spider-man doing a thing and i feel like that's what most of the sequels were in iron man 2 we got black widow when we got war machine as actual war machine Hmm. in in uh but but i mean we we got some additions but I, i don't mean like iron man and war machine yeah but iron man and howard the duck or yeah. for Ragnarok, well, we did get or, Iron Man and Spider Man. Yeah, for Ragnarok had that to a degree, but Hulk and for you yeah. can it out. Yeah, and all all of them have upped the ante by in by having the heroes kind of come into it. Um, and I, I think that again, if they if they worked out the balancing act well, then it's okay. Uh, Ant Man and Wasp is is obviously where they're going next by introducing her character, but. The other part of it is the bankability of taking these movies and you always see the the cartoons happen and they're mm-hmm. trying to emulate like this is what happens after that last movie that you watch. Here's your Avengers cartoon series. 
it's going to be really hard to have that adventures cartoon series about the next adventures of these characters when a bunch of those characters are dead on screen. So here's, here's the final question I have because part of me feels like Kevin Feige and the producers have overcorrected for the, what, what, what took a lot of the steam out of age of Ultron with revealing, you know, 20,000 movies. They haven't announced the name of what what Avengers 4 is going to be called. When do you think they announce it? I don't care. Personally. I say they have Deadpool do it at the end credits of his film. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like, yeah, it's, it's not like an important thing. But at the same time, it's one of those like, how how far do you think they make they make the fans wait for the name. Yeah. I, I I don't care. I wouldn't mind if it's the, if it's the final scene that we see at the end of Captain Marvel, Mm -hmm. because I I think that we know that it's coming, but remember when you used to be able to watch a movie and not have seen the trailer and now we're picking everything apart. I would love to see the overcorrectness of not giving everything away ahead of time. Yeah. That would be very brave, but I think that they're the only ones who could probably pull that off. I think a clue is that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been renewed, but they're not going to debut until after Avengers 4. Correct. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking like maybe a month before the release or maybe even a week before well they'll just go avengers 4 yeah 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 and then oh fuck man if it's avengers no. 4 colson lives beauty <laughs> yeah no, they, they they won't they can't wait that long or at least if they do they're fools because the people that print the posters the people that do all the right. marketing someone's gonna talk the toy makers yeah. yeah that they spoil a lot of stuff lately with, uh, that shouldn't have been spoiled, but yeah. So, uh, so it because this is why I bring it up because again, we have Ant Man and the Wasp coming out in July, we have Captain Marvel coming out next March. So, with what Corey is going by, of you know, end of Captain Marvel, that's when they reveal, you know, pr- probably with the whole Captain Marvel will return in Avengers 4. Here comes, here comes the pain. Or whatever. Avengers for the quest for more money. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a question for you off, off air after that, um, now that you mentioned that. <clears throat> but even then, that gives is he Euro Sugar Daddy? Two months, <laughs> but that that gives them two months where they do the at the stuff like that to where there would have to be such heavy NDAs for the for the poster makers for the toy makers. And stuff like that to not leak that stuff or they do a sneak preview with the spider-man animated movie so yeah. like you know like go see the star wars thing before this movie we don't think people want to go see animated movie with miles morales it is yes into the spider-verse or something like that so yeah it'll be spider multiple spider-man including miles morales and probably spider gwen and if at all venom well so one thing that we we have is that ant-man and wasp is coming up and ant-man and wasp we assume at this point happens concurrently with what's going on in this movie uh because i i just don't know how ant-man and wasp happens 
I thought they in were a world where Infinity War. Maybe, or, yeah, maybe before. So maybe after that, the, we get the reveal. Or they're in the quantum realm when the snap goes and they come back because apparently they're bringing back Janet Van. Oh, so hold on, Peter. <laughs> hold on, Peter. Whoa, whoa, spoilers. Peter, hold on. Brad muted you. <laughs> <laughs> It's too much. And I that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Holy shit. Who knew Brad worked for Disney? Uh, no, Disney had a computer. It was. We ain't going to pull. We ain't going to spoil the end of the movie like Mark Ruffalo did. Oh, oh. And before we forget, fucking Russo brothers hitting it out of the park each time right now with Winter mm -hmm. Soldier. Infinity War, they're on a trajectory. I don't know where they're go, going to go next, but damn, these guys. That's something to pull off with so little. Well, I've, I've, in my view, so little they had done before to go to this place and having such a direction and bring it together. Wow, that's amazing. No, you're yeah. you're you're dead on because I mean their filmography from you know for movies only goes back to 2002, where they were directors and writers of a movie called Welcome to Collinwood. You know, it's their third movie where it's a Marvel movie, and really what the kickoff was for them, you know, boom in the Marvel movies and stuff like that. You know, they did way more television before that, but I mean, still, it's you're right. I mean, beat. You're right. It's that's the big, the really cool thing of that is the fact that you know, with a lot of the move, with a lot of the writers and directors' choices for a lot of the phase three, you know, even phase two movies, um, you know, getting you know, getting James Gunn to uh to uh, direct and write with Nicole Perlman, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, getting Peyton Reed to finish ant-man after edgar wright left because of issues with marvel and stuff like that getting St scott dickerson um you know to to write to do a doctor strange movie to write and direct it with c robert cargill and stuff like that to get ryan coogler which i pointed out when we talked about black panther has done four you know three movies and, and then has done has done four short films and I'm including Black Panther in this. You've got to you've got to feel confident, uh, but you've also you got to admire the bravery, mm -hmm. and 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 the maybe a bit of the hubris that Marvel Films has done by getting people who were not as well known, and seeing them excel in what they've achieved with these movies. Uh, again, it's it's a it's under a vision of of someone who I think doesn't look at himself as being the guy who runs the Marvel universe so much as being the guy who picks the right people to make the Marvel cinematic universe happen. Pick your, your best team, see, see something and say, okay, I am not going to be directing this. Who's the right person to direct this? Who are the right storytellers to put in this? And, and that I can trust to then get the right cast and make all this stuff happen. Uh, and and I'll be there for support, but I'm not 
pointing at every little thing and saying, fix this, do this, do this other thing. That's what the Marvel committee did. And, and I feel like that's why they had to go. Yeah. But Faye seems to have a trust and, and the relationships he has with his directors. Now, it, this is what, what I think Joss Whedon left wasn't what Marvel is doing now. It was what Marvel was, was forced to do in the beginning. Uh, what I think Edgar Wright left was the same thing. He was leaving because the committee was telling him to do things a certain way and he got frustrated and walked out and someone had to come in and pick up those pieces and do their best with it. And I think they did good. But where these things are now is I could see those people saying maybe someday I could return to that. Not right now, but maybe at some point. The city could say they take people that don't have that much experience or not that much to show for they're more easy to mold into the shape that you want as a producer or as a entity. So it can go both ways. Yeah, and certainly. You got a Kathleen Kennedy, not to go so straight too far away, but that had issues with Lord and Miller. And you have to have trust, but you also have to still keep it somewhere in check. That you is have a responsibility a to the to the franchise, to the characters, so. to the investors. <laughs> Not just that, but yes, <laughs> that's uh, on the line. And then you got people like Kevin Sujahara at Warner Brothers that mingle in places they shouldn't, and bring in other people like Jeff Jones, and and don't let them do shit until Wonder Woman. And so all people involved there in Marvel, it it paid out. It culminated in that that movie that. Under, given all the circumstances, never should have worked. The amount of characters, the the whole narration of the several standalone stories, bringing it together, all that, just awe-inspiring. Yeah. So I wanna I wanna finish this off, and I wanna finish it off in a question to each and every one of you. I'm gonna start with Peter. Peter, yes. Which would be the infinity infinity stone that you would want? Hmm. Probably the space gem because I like to travel, and I don't like lineups. So being able to go, well, let's go to Hawaii. Oh no, it's erupting. Okay, let's go someplace else. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good thing. Brad. Um, God, what's one that could fix my failing body? Um, reality gem. Yeah, reality would definitely do it. Uh, or time. Time, yeah, go back. Yeah. Have fun again and go back again to have fun again. Oh, God. See, but I don't want to negate the existence of my son, so I'm very leery of of the time gem. So I guess I'd have to I'd have to do reality. Well, okay, no, hold on, hold on. This is where you obviously have not seen the movie. Um, what is it? I think it's big er, about time. Um, where in there it's sort of sci-fi movie done through a, a romantic drama, where you could only go back. As far like it's a movie where, where the the guys could time travel stars Di- uh, Domino Gleason, but you could only time travel as back as far as your kid was born, and not if you go back like you you can't go back any further than 
that and then once they get old enough then they can do so hopefully you were in good shape when Alex was born because <laughs> that's that's as good as it's gonna get. I was it, thirty. Reality seems a safe bet. <laughs> I was better uh, when I was thirty-one. Um, well, you were younger. I was most certainly younger. Um, <laughs> that was a good year. <laughs> I was fifteen years younger. Oh. Those were glory days. What's sad is that 15 years younger at this point doesn't seem like it's young enough. No, <laughs> it really like... doesn't. It is not. Um, you know, if I could reset the clock to, uh, you know, like 23, 24, I'd be okay. Um, God, I'm just tired of being able to forecast the weather with my goddamn whole left arm. Um, <laughs> the joints and everything just ugh. getting old's a bitch. Don't do it if, oh, you, if you can avoid it. It's fine. You can hey, chop hey, it hey, off, and I it would... can be the handle for the next uh, incarnation of Thor's hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, there are days where I, I've considered it. Um, hey, Brad. Just, just so you know, I was in high school when you were when you had Alex. Yeah, I kind of figured. Um, <laughs> I was a sophomore. <laughs> um, so reality, gem, Brad. Yes, I will take Beat. reality. We're five people in here, so each has to take one. Oh, that's fine. If, if we'll go by that, just saying, then I take the Are time there six one. Gems, though? Me and counting at <laughs> 7 p.m. almost a.m. So, no, um, yes, reality zone would be interesting, but time as well going back and forward is for a sci fi geek. Yeah, this is more the, the most enticing one. That's you would go forward in time to to get to the next Star Trek show that isn't Discovery. <laughs> <laughs> See if they've made it. Or if they've done it right this your time. Your almanac. <laughs> next time, aim for the head, Corey. <laughs> Always Not make it heart. quick. Don't don't crush my heart. <laughs> no time's a good stone, uh, Gregor. So. Because no one has said it yet, and to to make my gauntlet complete, you need to start with the power stone. Because then you get the power, and you could just take it from everyone else. You and then got, I got the, the power. Gauntlet. Oh, dude, you're wishing for wishes. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> no, Greg just wants to use it to power wash his car. <laughs> That's no, a hell I don't, because I don't want to have a car anymore. <laughs> he has the power That's to suppress his burps. But no, because so because let, let's be honest here, Brad. If any one of us had, you know, if if all of a sudden, boom, we get we each get a power stone or a, a, a an infinity stone, you're, you're not you're not going to tell me we're not going to try to get the other ones from the other people. I wouldn't. Oh, you just be happy going back in time to you know no, no just just altering reality. <laughs> I'd, I'd just fix my shoulders and I'd be like, oh, I'm done. I don't need to be rich. I don't need to. No, I'm I'm a simple guy. <laughs> Let's see my what happens. Small. What would happen if the Wright <laughs> brothers invent invented the jet engine? <laughs> I'm a Brad, Brad's like Luther. He's happy with Australia. He doesn't need a lot. He I, just needs a good amount of land. Or, or, hey, or Mel, Mel Brooks and to be or not to be. All I want is peace. Is a little piece of Poland and a little piece of France. <laughs> <laughs> so for Elsner's fans here, I'm going to point out that Corey just quoted Fred Armisen. Did I really? Yes, you did. You quoted from Portlandia. 
That's no, because Brad already used his reality stone and changed it. <laughs> um, what? So, so, Corey, what, uh, uh, what reality or what stone would you have? Oh, no, I, I wouldn't have a stone at all. I just have the gauntlet because I got I could give myself a hell of a stranger with it. <laughs> so, dude, just you sit no on stones, your hand. Other people with a, a I, I'd rather okay. sit on the hand of a god. <laughs> Tell you what, when I get my 3D printer, I'll make you a prosthetic hand. How's that? I wanted to be carved of gold made by giant dwarves in space. <laughs> there. You got me there. I can't give you that. Oh, mm. God. Dinklage handy. <laughs> I, I gotta say, when they said Peter Dinklage was was gonna be in the film, I'm like, oh, we're gonna get uh, oh, what the hell Pip was the troll? Name? Pip the troll. Thank you. Yep. And I'm like, uh, you know, when they mentioned that he was gonna be in the X Men film, I'm like, oh, is he gonna be? You know, they're talking about some characters coming in and the registration. You were hoping for Puck. I was thinking, I'm like Puck, and it turns out I'm the asshole. <laughs> after after having that thought, I'm like, oh, Pip, or oh, it's going to be it, Puck. I'm the asshole. It, I, it, it's no it's natural. I, I think that it's it's one thing that he gets to play against type in, in these things. He's capable of being, the guy is an, an amazing oh, actor. He can a, play pretty much anything. Astounding actor. Absolutely. Yeah, seriously. I would have been fine with him playing Khaleesi, uh, but he's he's so good. But they, they also, they hedge their bets. They're like, oh yeah, Peter Dinklage is in it. What's he play? A dwarf. Just the biggest motherfucking dwarf the Biggest ever motherfucking seen. dwarf you'll ever see. And, and then the thing with Puck is that if you remember, Puck is actually tall. Yeah, he was, he was cursed and shrunk down, yeah. Right, because he's holding and, that demon inside of him, which I think yeah. is, if we ever get an Alpha Flight movie, they've got to get a tall guy to play Puck, and then they have to... Do the, the pull a Chris Evans on him exactly, <laughs> and and going along this being an asshole thing, the earlier thing with Jackie about the Batwoman. I didn't mean that you had to have a Batman first. It just mean you could have the Catherine Kane character, but she wouldn't be calling herself Batwoman if there wasn't a Batman to give her the idea of the name. Yeah, I've stopped watching the shows, but I think I I read that they have actually been introducing the idea of a Batman existing in Green Arrow. Yeah, they've, this season. Bruce they've mentioned Bruce Wayne. Yeah, they've mentioned yeah. Bruce Wayne in Gotham, and that's where it ended. Yeah. Um, just because it, DC has been very weird with what they can and cannot have. They had to ditch their Suicide Squad. They had to ditch Manu Bennett, who's a great actor and did a great job as Deathstroke. Uh, and they had to ditch him like a, like a hot sock. And but that, he had yeah. to do the Sherlana Sh Chronicles yeah. for MTV. So then that that made it better. Yeah. yeah. Just... <laughs> and I would like to uh, officially offer up the Soul Stone to David Allen Greer uh, for the years that he had to portray Jimmy Noso Brown. Uh, mm -hmm. I believe that it's it's important that he get his soul finally. <laughs> That's an obscure reference. I feel good about that one. That's really good. Hey, that, Gregor, uh, take us out. Yeah. So, uh, this that's it for us, guys. Um, if you want to, you want to leave us, leave, give us your thoughts on Avengers: Infinity War. Give it a spoiler free or a spoiler free or a spoiler filled as you want. 
You can do that by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966 or emailing us mail at elsnerds.com. You can find all these subscription options um, for a lot all the shows, including some that are going to be plugged here in a second, over at gncast.com. Uh, search for Galactic Netcasts over on Facebook and Twitter. That's where you'll find the Facebook and Twitter pages. Hey, hey, look at that. It's also where you can find the uh, um, Else Nerds over as at Else Nerds on Twitter. Um, Mr. Peter Fisher, where can people find you? Uh, at the moment, pretty much my Facebook page, but uh, working on a new podcast for the network called, uh, if you could see in the background, this is a video podcast, right? It's not just yeah, an Well, it's both. It's both. Yeah. But... Uh, at, at the Space Opera. So we're going to do like uh, reviews of, of uh, space operatic type movies uh and i also from time to time do a bonus thing for the patreon things i haven't done that for a while but seeing as a new podcast i've got five other other co-hosts i think i have a have enough of uh <laughs> people that say well you're going to be on that too uh that it might be back pretty soon uh called uh applicably galactic app reviews but anyway uh yeah so that's pretty much where you can find me twitter the horns or this is not a podcast or uh, peter d fisher on facebook and that's about it brad besides planning your wedding where can people find you uh crying in a darkened room <laughs> Uh, uh, no, marital bliss. <laughs> <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with uh, with with an Anessa. It's uh, uh, no. Uh, you can find me at uh, Alien Invasion. That's a show I do uh, with Dave Nelson, and I do a show. At this point, it is biweekly, uh, and that is Adventure Party all at gncasts.com where you find this fine podcast. That's right. And we want to uh, thank Jackie Hearn, who had yes. to uh, tumble out of here. We kept her up a little too late. Uh, you can follow her at JackieHearn81 on the Twitter. She, you can also go to her Patreon, patreon.com slash Jackie Hearn. And if you want to know more about the stuff that she does, uh, go to JackieHearn.com. That's J-A-C-K-I-E-H-E-R-N.com. Uh, she's got a show that she does that's uh, supposed to be coming back called Hey Good Looking What You Got Cooking. So it's it's is coming back. Uh, nice. I've been looking forward to that actually a lot. Uh, we also want to apologize to Matt Damon because we ran out of time. And uh, Gregor? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Beat, where can people find you since you are making an, an on-screen appearance here? Nowhere really. Uh, I want to point out that Mr. Patrick Gelanti, that was on our show before, a mm -hmm. great guy, just became a daddy. So congratulations oh, to him. Hey. And all the best to him and his wife. It's a great thing. And, and, uh, and you'll and know sleep again in a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so that's that. And uh, watch out for Christy Case. She is on Twitch on her channel. She is doing so much more stuff and it's always awesome. So show And then up. that 88-bit uh, music that they're doing now as well. Yes. Which is just incredible stuff. Yep. And so. the so where you will find B are in the chat rooms of the <laughs> of Jackie uh, or of 
uh, Christy Cates and on Twitch or on Twitch and you know all over the place. He's in all. If the you start rooms. your own podcast, odds are he's already producing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Son of a, that's you. <laughs> yeah, he, he's that guy. Um, so and uh, Corey, you wanna you want you wanna tell us about some solutions to fix the universe? Uh, I wish I had some, uh, especially the solution for scheduling. Uh, man, sometimes we do a show called uh, Solutions Fix the Universe, as Gregor said. STFUcast.com. If you go over to the Ink Geeks, you can look up the shows that they do on top of that one. Uh, they've got a lot of great stuff. And then I also do Podcast of Terror here on this network with Matt Stein. We're hitting our third anniversary pretty soon. Uh, it's kind of crazy, but we are looking forward to bringing you a lot of talk about penises. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> because there's nothing more terrifying oh, yeah. than dick. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> mine. <laughs> I'll give you that. No, I, I was going to give it to you. Oh, that's how that works. Okay. <laughs> that's that time stone that you need again. <laughs> Son of a. So. And Gregor. Well, so, um, where you can find <laughs> Elster, it's taking weird turns. Um, you can find me over at Twitter at that Gregor um, on Twitch.tv that um, slash that Gregor. Trying to get the time. Hey, when you work retail, it's hard to find time to do stuff. But yeah, so you can find me there. And the final thing to be said is this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you next week. Galactic Network podcast, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Motherf-